This podcast contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. For details on specific content warnings, please refer to our show notes. Welcome to Rolling Misadventures, where a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play tabletop role-playing games. And this is the first episode of The Violet Saga. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different with this miniseries. We're actually going to hop into a completely new-to-us system called The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron. And The Sprawl is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. We'll talk a little bit about the mechanics in a little bit. Uh, but I, myself, Derek, will be playing as the GM for this story. Hey, this is Charles from Talk and Roll, and I'm playing Stanford. It's, it's Chaboy, Megan, from from podcasts. Oh, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, Lit Class and, and Fun Fiction. I'm a character. <laughs> Some people have said, hey, that Megan, they're quite a character. And and today I'm also I'm Arkady Gibson. Yeah, nailed it. I'm so good at this new format. Oh, and last. Hello. It is Paris from Terrible Book Club. Also from this weird thing we've been doing for like a year now or that I've been a part of for a year. Um, I'll be playing... Adelaide Steel Button. That sounds exactly like it should. So uh, with this game, it is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, as I mentioned before. Uh, the basic mechanics of this game are that we have stats for all of our characters, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, but we roll 2d6, add those stats, and those will either give us a, uh, with a 10 or higher, a full success, a 7 to 9, a mixed success, and anything below that is a failure. That's pretty much all you need to know. There's some stuff about uh, uh, clocks in this, which are basically just meters to know where our story beats are. But I will talk about those specific clocks after we introduce our characters. Uh, so Stanford, do you want to go ahead and talk about your character real quick? I'm playing Stanford, uh, and Stanford is the, um, the class killer. Um, and the killer is kind of interesting. It's kind of like your fighter class in D&D, I feel. It's very much about the absolute, like, bloodshed fighting. So that's just kind of like what I've got going there. So so the, the game, I don't, I don't know if you guys have played this, if you're listening to this, but the game kind of gives us, like, some basic things that we need to decide about how we look and stuff like that. So one of the things, and this is just something that was on here that was kind of interesting, is, is the... The, the, the wear and the skin. Uh, so skin type, I've got like an artificial skin, so it's kind of kind of robotic, kind of pasty. I feel like it's a lot like like data from Star Trek kind of feel, very like white. But not like painted on white, but it just feels like unnatural, but it has like a very white glow to it. And then he's wearing a suit uh, tie, um, and that's the kind of look that, that Stanford is going for. My directives are masochistic and protective, 
Masochistic, specifically, is whenever I take harm, I get a uh, plus one to experience. Is that what it's called? Yep. Um, and then my other directive is protective. And so I get to, whenever I protect my thing, it gives me plus experience as well. Yeah, specifically if it hinders the mission. Do we want to mention what I'm protecting now, or do we want to do it in the story? Uh, go ahead and mention it now. Okay, so I am uh, the current bodyguard to a restaurant called the Philly Cheese Dank, and it's a Philly <laughs> cheesesteak restaurant in our city, which has the best Philly cheesesteaks, period. And I think I'm working just for Philly cheesesteaks. I'm not working for money. They're just Philly cheesesteaks. All right, uh, Arkady. You want to give us a quick rundown of your character? So um, I'm playing uh, Arkady Gibson, and they are a hunter. And a hunter is kind of like a bounty hunter, sort of. They uh, they shake down folks, and they, they gather information, and they find stuff. So... For eyes, I picked resigned because um, Arcudi has been a hunter for a very long time, and they have reached the they they are they are non-binary um, because I am non-binary, and so most of my characters are because I do what I fucking want, uh, and so yeah, they've been a hunter for a very long time, and they are just they're so tired, they're so very tired. And uh, their face is nondescript, and their wear is casual. So I feel like in this kind of sprawl techno future or whatever, as someone whose job it is to kind of like find people and do hunting and things like that, that they want to not stand out because I don't think you're going to be very good at doing at, at doing a hunting if you get like a reputation and you're very easy to spot. So yeah, I like this idea that they're very good at kind of blending in. Um, but then I picked decorated skin because I also like the idea of they blend in, but maybe like they have like these really cool tattoos and so that if they like maybe pull off their pull up their sleeves and stuff, they can get recognized by the people that they want to be recognized by. And so kind of people in certain circles that can be in the know. And that can be like maybe like a calling card for them. And I thought that that would be kind of like a cool thing. And then their body type uh, is wiry. So not like overly uh, big and muscly, but you know, good good enough to, to punch and take a punching. And your uh, directives? My directives are uh, behavioral, so um, when adhering to your ethical code uh, hinders a mission, um, I mark experience and vengeful. When I harm my uh, handlers of the Alpha Security Department, when I harm them or their interests, I also mark experience. Okay. And Adelaide. Oh boy. All right. I'm uh, Adelaide Steelbutton. Uh, so I'm an older woman. I'm going to say that no one really knows how old I am. I just look fairly middle-aged, maybe on the older side of middle-aged. And I run a professional matchmaking service called Steel Buttoned Industries. And that doubles as a fixer operation, which is what I am, by the way. Um, I think that in general, I have a kindly mom personality. I've got a fleshy, fleshy old grandma body. Uh, I'm pretty friendly. 
And um, apparently, are we supposed to say we have cool eyes? I have cool eyes. I don't know. That's a weird stat. Uh, I have decorated skin because even though I'm a, even though I'm a Grammy, I'm a cool Grammy. I'm not a regular Grammy. I'm a cool Grammy. <laughs> All of my tattoos are vintage cookware patterns. So I have like fiesta wear and like, you know, uh, pioneer woman florals and stuff. And of course they're like future tattoos. So they're, they're cooler somehow. I haven't quite figured out why or how, but let's just, let's just roll with that. All right. My directives are that um, I'm in a network. So when my membership in Cortez hinders the mission, I take experience uh, and I am protective so when I put my responsibility to client confidentiality at my matchmaking enterprises ahead of the mission, I also mark experience. Oh yeah, I, I guess, yeah, my whole deal with matchmaking is I'm, with both the matchmaking and the shady society I network thing I'm part of, um, I'm, I'm basically like a data slut. So, you know, try to get all the data I can on all the people I can so that my matchmaking service goes well, but also so that my more shady enterprises succeed. And my shady enterprises aren't, they're shady only because they're illegal. I, I view kindly good old Addie Steelbutton as a, as a do-gooder, even though she might have to do some, some shady things to, to make that good happen. So. Okay. And all of this takes place in the sprawl. Uh, it is a cyberpunk dystopian sort of future where the corporations are the real power. Just imagine a world full of neon and chrome and a layer of grit and grime on top of that. And as far as the corporations go for this specific world we're playing in, uh, we have Blind Violet, which is a forward-facing political group that basically is against the government or the control that the other corporations are trying to impose on the city. Uh, we have Alpha Security Department, which is uh, linked to both Stanford and Arcady, uh, but they are a militaristic police force slash mercenary group. So while they are trying to physically control the city with their presence, uh, money goes a long way with them. Uh, then we have Globella Incorporated. Basically, how I pitched it to everyone, they're kind of like the Amazon style company where they have just gotten so big because their hands are on so many different projects. So with these corporations, we have their corporate clocks. Basically, uh, there are so many sections, so many segments that they can hit. If any of them reach midnight, then something bad happens. Uh, that also works for the harm clocks, which are the character HP. Uh, we also have uh, two phases that these missions kind of play out in. So we have the legwork clock, which is sort of a gathering information, getting a job kind of phase, as well as uh, once we move on from that, we move over to what is called the action clock, the action phase, where it's basically them trying to complete the mission that they've been given. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll hop into the story. All of your characters have been gathered together. You have worked missions before, so this is nothing new. However, this time around, the handler that came to uh, gather you all together was not one that you normally deal with, which you figure it's just kind of a burner 
just so that their their boss isn't found out, they sent this handler to gather all of you. Normally this would happen in kind of a seedy back alley bar, possibly at a certain corporation's office, but this time they have led you to a very swanky private car on a monorail. Is it just the three of us in this space or is there somebody else in the space as well? Uh, it is just the three of you in this space. Um, as you were led on, there are other people on the monorail. You saw a ticket taker who guided you to this car, who was an elderly gentleman with a bow tie. Uh, but he had led you to this private car, which you know that is not something cheap. And as you have gathered around, you're waiting on a message from whoever wants to hire you, you see uh, one of the billboard signs that say, welcome to Alpha Complex. Is there like a panel inside this monorail? Is there any kind of like security, like any cameras or anything in this space that we need to be aware of? Go ahead and roll assess, which will be edge. So I got a 10. Okay, so on a 10 plus, you get to hold three out of this list of questions. So let me go ahead. I will link that in the recording space channel, just so you guys know. Um, I would like to ask, how can I avoid trouble or hide here? Specifically in regards to, I want to have a conversation with these, uh, the people in the car kind of, uh, without anybody else listening in. Uh, you know that this is a private car. Like I had mentioned before, someone with money would have had to rent this. Uh, these things don't come cheap. And generally, you're used to riding basically anywhere on this monorail. You would see security cameras and things like that. Uh, but because this is a private car, there are ways to lock the door from the inside. And there is a surprising lack of cameras. What potential complication do I need to be wary of? So you would be wary of any conversations uh, getting interrupted by the ticket taker. Uh, or if the one who wants to hire you tries to contact you, that could complicate your conversations by interrupting them. Where specific, so where can I gain the most advantage? So like, I am really sketched out by this whole situation. Okay. Um, so Stanford is just like with, with not working with the, the regular handler without, being in the, the normal space, having something be so different mm -hmm. feels really raw. Okay. While this is your first time riding in one of the private cars, you know that people with a lot of money would want to have an alternate exit, and that would be through a panel behind one of the seats. You can kind of fold it up, and it is a way to get to like an under section of the monorail. Stanford kind of like looks over looks over at Arkady and kind of like folds down the seat a little bit and kind of like points uh, to the kind of the space and then just folds back up and kind of like sits. I just look at you and I, I do this. I, I touch my nose and I give you a nice like, <laughs> like good job, son. You know, like. <laughs> I would say Arkady nods, but like, like just a little like that little kind of imperceptible, um, but also rolls their eyes. Arkady is extremely relaxed just kind of the antithesis of all the ways that uh, Stanford is squirrely right now, or at least is projecting being extremely relaxed. Um, quick question for everybody. Uh, which one of you have cyber implants? And real quick, what are they? 
I've got a neural interface with a targeting suite. Um, I just have skill wires. I have a neural interface with data storage. Adelaide, you get a familiar kind of uh, telephone call buzz pop up on your neural interface. Hmm. Oh, who could this be? Oh, oh, you know what? I'm I'm getting a call. Would you would you mind? Is it okay if I take this? Can I take this? Right right now. This is okay. Yeah, it could be it could be important. I should I should take I'm gonna take it. Hello? And as you answer it, something that doesn't normally happen, normally these calls and these these visuals will happen kind of in the mind's eye. You see the screen swipe almost like if you minimize the screen and it shrinks down. It does that out of your vision and it projects onto one of the cabin walls. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm glad I asked you for your career consent because this is for all of us, I guess. I don't know. Look at the wall. And you see a backlit figure. You can't make out any features. It's just a silhouette and a garbled voice, obviously uh, voice modulated, comes through. Is is this normal? F- is this normal for you? Normally, I just see it in my head, you know, like any other interface. This is really weird. On the screen, this voice modulated uh, character says, oh, I'm glad that you have all come together. I see that my handler found you safely. It appears so, sweetheart. And uh, is the uh, private cabin to your liking? I mean, from what we can see of it, it's pretty nice. Is this really necessary? I suppose not. You know, a show of wealth, I figured you'd be more apt to do a job for me. I've heard great things about you guys. It's a fair assumption. It's a fair assumption. You have us here at your disposal. I mean, I, I got other things to do today. Well, I'm sure that this job will take priority over them. You see, my my interests have a particular problem with one of the corporations in town, uh, specifically Blind Violet. We have heard that the corporation itself is starting to militarize, and we are worried about another uprising of sorts. So why us three? Well, obviously, a corporation cannot just go to war with another corporation in the streets. It would just be pure chaos. Uh, A strike team on the ground that could infiltrate that place. So you're wanting us to sacrifice ourselves so that you don't get caught. I I get it. I get it. No, no, he he wants discretion. I understand. I understand. Discretion is, you know, important for many industries. Who are who are you again? Have, have we ever met? I don't think we've ever met. What's your name? Full name. Social security number. I, I will tell you what. Uh, go ahead. I need one person to roll Get the Job, which is Edge. Uh, oh, I only have a zero, so. I got plus two, Edge. Yeah, do it. That is a nine plus two. That's 11. Okay, so you get to choose three. I will link the list for those. Okay, so with a 10 plus, you get to choose three. Uh, I would pick uh, the employer provides useful information, the job pays well, and the employer is identifiable. Cool. Okay, so going back to what Stanford had asked, uh, the scrambled image, the silhouette, uh, fades, and you see a light kind of fade in in front. You recognize this person uh, by the name of Jay. 
Just the letter J? Or like J-A-Y. J-A-Y. And you would recognize them as the head of Glabella Incorporated. Hmm. That explains the fancy digs. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of money here. Okay. Obviously, now that you know who you're working for and you've seen my show of wealth, uh, we will be sure to pay you handsomely at the end should you succeed. So that is not a problem. Let's let's talk actual actual numbers here. I'm not uh, a kind of person who who beats around the bush in this kind of situation. Can Clearly. you tell us exactly how much we're going to be making? That would be yes. even even if we just get a, a a range, that would be helpful. All of your characters started with five cred. That would have been your pay from the last one. And Jay steeples his fingers and says, okay, you want a figure. Uh, you know, normally something low level, a couple creds would go a long way. This is obviously a bigger job. So, uh, let's say 15 cred each. I mean, that's acceptable to me. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a good rate. Uh... Stanford, close your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> As I have had my people digging in to this cult, we have found out that they have ties back to the fall of the tower that happened 300 years prior. You folks might recall in your history classes growing up that this all ties into a certain clone operation that was happening. Now, obviously, the textbooks and the media would lie to you. They don't want you to know all of the details. But we feel that when the tower was destroyed, one or two of those synth clones may have escaped and spread their corrupted program elsewhere. Mm. We have found out that the blind Violet have been housing and protecting these synth clones. Okay. So we're, we're looking for a group of people who all look the same. Basically, we know that their church that they operate from has some underground passages and complexes in which they have been able to traffic people in and out of the city. What I'm asking you is to take down the head of that operation. For 15 cred, we're just killing one guy? Pretty much. Shit, that's... <laughs> All right. All right. Now, if you were to find a way to destroy whatever mainframes they have down there, to destroy the programs, obviously that would be ideal as well. But your main target is the head of that operation. Oh, well, this is complicated. But... Well, where where do we start? Uh, I don't understand. A bunch of cultists are potentially harboring some outdated synth tech from however long ago. Why Why does this even matter? It's a good question. Look, there's more at play here. If this corrupted program were able to infiltrate all of the cybernetics in this city, just imagine what havoc it could wreak now that it couldn't back then. I think I understand. I think I understand. Because if, if something's so old that nobody's been trying to protect against it for 300 years, then yeah. Oh, like you. Do you want me on this mission or not? Do you want to succeed? Because if you want to succeed, you need me here. Lord knows I don't know enough about technology. I think we all need a snack break. And, I, you know, I go in my bag and I, I start pulling out like sandwiches and like fruit roll ups or whatever. Let's all have a snack. 
I think that's what we need. Our blood sugar's low. We're starting to argue. You know, we just got to get it on the same page. Oh, I'll take a, I'll take a fruit roll up. Yeah, he has a berry. Yeah, take that. <laughs> so, so Arcady is, is aware of Adelaide because it's Arcady's business to be aware of basically everyone. So they, like, they know that, that she knows things and, like, is capable and things like that. But, like, even even though they've never worked with her, but it's still, they're still just sort of quiet for, like, a long moment. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> so do we have a deal? I'm in. I'm in. For 15 credit, yeah, I'll, I'll kill three guys for you. I mean, one guy is fine, but I'll kill three guys if you need. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you, if you could just. Just, just a hint of perfect. Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm it. I see Arkady like struggling, and I'm like, I just slowly slide half a sandwich. <laughs> what, what, what kind of sandwich is it? It's a peanut butter and jelly, but it's jelly I made myself, so it's like, oh, not good. And it's crustless. I pre-cut the crust. Mm, all right. Um, <laughs> Arkady. Like just slowly, like takes the sandwich oh. and is and, but they they really don't look happy about it. <laughs> it's it's with d- deep resignation. Well, I'm happy to be working with you folks. I will uh, be in contact with you again. Uh, in the meantime, I do have someone that might be able to help you out. Uh, they are a hacker by the name of Canis. I'm I'm going to pretend I can I pretend I know who this is or can I roll to see if I know cuz I feel like I should. Yeah, absolutely. Paris, if you want to declare a contact, we'll say that um KNS is one of your contacts that you have dealt with before. You know that they are a hacker within Alpha Complex and generally where their apartment is. Cool. Um I should put that in my in my thing. Uh so with that, you can either uh have them produce equipment where you could spend gear to get equipment or uh, you could take an extra uh, plus one for Intel to spend later. I guess maybe I should save the Intel. Yeah, I'll save it. But um, should I put that I know the hacker? You know them, but you don't have a link to them. Okay, but should I put this in my contact section? Sure. And this guy is also, wait, he's he was also hired for this job, but isn't on our team? Is that what? He wasn't hired for the job. This is just you can you would imagine that this is one of the low level people that mm. they regularly deal with. Okay, Bo- boss man, are are we supposed to kill this uh, Canis guy too? I'd rather not. He's come through many times when I've been seeking some backdoor access to information. So we will go ahead uh, fast forward. We say that you have arrived at the station completely safe and intact. This bowtie gentleman leads you as VIP out of the car. Uh, You come out to the middle of the rail station and it is immaculately spotless. Like so much so that it is out of place with how clean this area is. And that is because this is the memorial for the fallen tower. Adelaide, with the knowledge of where to find Canis, you go out of town, basically across town, from where this is located. And you find yourselves at in front of a very rundown apartment complex. Uh, basically a very rundown project style apartment complex. Well, our good friend Canis is in there. So I think that 
we go? I mean, it's what we got. Uh, you go up to the eighth floor of this project. So, so he knows we're coming, right? You would think. I mean, let's, you know what? Let's do a, a soft touch with this, just in case. Stanford, you're... I should stay back. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I was thinking, like, maybe Adelaide should go knock on the door. You know, nice, nice grandma. Good instincts. Oh, yeah. yeah in fact, uh, you wait down the hall. Just, uh, just keep an eye out. Um, I mean, there's no reason anyone should be doing anything, but... Yeah. Cultists are weird. Um, and I'll just stay directly to the side, just out of view, just, just in case. Uh, or actually, wait, no, I'm the one who looks at shit. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't trust Stanford. <laughs> Sorry, Stanford. Um. <laughs> I mean... I'd probably just kill a guy, so, like, makes sense. Um, yeah, you know what? It doesn't make sense, but I don't care. We're not swapping. You stand in the hallway. I'll be by the door. Adelaide, go ahead. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. It seems like we've, uh... Can we, can one of us roll, um, do a move that I, the same move that I did that I don't remember what it's called. Assess. Earlier. Let's figure out. Assess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Does anybody want to? I, I think Adelaide should assess the situation. Oh yeah, because you you would know best. Yeah. Okay. So Adelaide, go ahead and roll assess, which is going to be edge. Oh fuck! I have a zero. I got a six. Does anybody want to help out? That is something that you could. Yeah, maybe one of the other players could do. I am also. I think. I think I'm also helping by kind of just like patrolling and just kind of like looking down the hallway and stuff like that, I feel like that is... Yeah. Okay, so mm. you can help out, you just don't get okay. a plus to it. Ah. Because you don't have a link with Paris's character. Uh, ten. Okay. So uh, you can bump Adelaide up to a success, a mixed success. Hey. hey, it's better than nothing. So you get to ask one from the assess list. You get to hold one. What do I notice despite an effort to conceal it? You notice that there is heightened security mm. cameras around this apartment. Considering that there's, you know, in the projects, awful lot of eyes on us. Um, Stanford has a like a button-up shirt. He unbuttons the top button and puts his shirt over <laughs> his face like this. So he, it's just like just to kind of like cover his face up so that they can't really see him. Which doesn't really, like, matter at this point, because all the cameras have seen them. Arkady pinches the bridge of their nose for what will probably be the first of many, <laughs> many times. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Arkady nods at you, kind of gives you the go-ahead to knock on the door, but puts their hand on the the holster of their uh, flechette pistol. And as I see that happening, too, I just, like, open up the compartment that's in my arm where I hide my hidden gun just to be ready in case shit goes down. Okay. Oh, yeah. I guess I also... I'm shaking my head at you because you're the one in full view of the door. I'm off to the side. They can't... If someone's, like, by the door, they can't see me. Like, I'm... The view of my... Like, the, the side of my body mm. is not in view of the camera that is touching the gun. 
Okay, so to paint the scene real quick, we have Stanford at the other end of the hallway that you guys walked through to get to here. We have Arkady ready with their hand on their gun against the wall next to the door. And we have Adelaide currently standing in front of the door. Okay. Knock on the door. Say Girl Scout cookies. Stanford, shut up. Who have you even made it this far in your fucking profession? I walk away from them and I go to, I go to knock on the door. And as you knock on the door, you realize it wasn't latched as the the knock pushes it open. I don't even say anything and I just turn to the other two and I sh- I'm like, I put my hands up and I shrug. Arkady's gun immediately comes out. I, I nudge the door open. I walk in ahead of Adelaide. As you enter the doorway with your flechette pistol drawn, you hear the cock of a shotgun that is pressed against your temple. It says, who the fuck are you? Thank you for joining us for the Violet Saga. If you'd like to help support Rolling Misadventures, be sure to visit patreon.com slash rollingmisadventures to join these other lovely folks who we are naming a lot of our NPCs after. Kate, Ben, Sarah, Atari Windrider, Jay, and The Crit Show. Can't help us out that way? Just spread the word, leave us a review, or just shoot us a message to say hi. Links to all of our social media can be found down in the show notes or by visiting rollingmisadventures.com. Thanks for listening.